Does anybody uh, watch Graham Norton, the Graham Norton show? Yeah, it's, it's probably one of my favourite uh, favourite programs. Um, just recently, I was watching the program, and one of his guests was uh, Dustin Hoffman. And uh, Dustin Hoffman uh, shared the story where he was in uh, London, and uh, one day he was walking through Hyde Hyde Park, and uh, a young man jogged past him, and then fell on the ground unconscious. And so Dustin Hoffman. Um, quickly uh, rushed over to him, um, called emergency services and I think performed some CPR on him and until the uh, paramedics arrived. And uh, it turned out that um, he, Dustin Hoffman was informed by the paramedics that if he hadn't have been there at that time, at that moment, and done what he did, then this uh, young man wouldn't be alive. And so it's a wonderful story of, um, of, uh, of, of coming to somebody's assistance, coming to somebody's aid. And um, a little while later, um, Dustin Hoffman was appearing on the Graham Norton show. And what Graham Norton arranged was for the young man, who actually turned out to be an Australian guy, arranged for this young guy who Dustin Hoffman had saved his life, arranged for he- them to meet on the show. And it was just this beautiful moment where this young man, uh, he had the look of, the word I used was, the word of indebtedness was in his eyes. He was indebted to Dustin Hoffman for uh, acting so quickly and doing the right thing and coming to his aid. And um, it was just this lovely, uh, precious moment. And as I said, that word indebtedness is kind of, I, I saw that, um, uh, that incident and this word indebtedness has been kind of running through my, my mind over recent times. And um, as a result of that, I, I've decided um, to do something over the next 12 months and that is to write to about 12 people that have made an impact upon my life, that I wouldn't be who I am today and I wouldn't be where I am today without their intervention in my life, that um, they've come to my aid at different times and have helped shape me and inputted into my life. And I I feel a sense of indebtedness and um, at least one of those people have passed away, but I still feel I need to write to them to express my appreciation and my, my, my in sense of indebtedness to them for their involvement in my life. And um, the first letter I'm actually going to write, um, I plan to write this Friday. And my first letter will be written to a, a friend of mine by the name of Silvana. And... Um, it's important that I write to Silvana first because I feel eternally indebted to Silvana. Because without her involvement and without her intervention in my life, I certainly wouldn't be who I am today and I certainly wouldn't be where I am today. Because Silvana was the, uh, the person that was instrumental in the process of me coming to, into a relationship with God. Um, Silvana and I were, were workmates, and 
Um, it turned out that uh, we just connected, and each day um, I found myself just drawn to this girl. And she would sit down with me, and she would explain to me in the, in the best way that she possibly could as a relatively new Christian herself. She explained to me the gospel, the good news story of, of how God so loves this world. The story of how God so loved someone like me that God would give to me the opportunity and to the entire world the opportunity for forgiveness, the opportunity for a fresh start, the opportunity for friendship and, and, and relationship with the God of heaven through the person of his son, Jesus Christ, through Jesus' death and resurrection that for someone like me, I was able to experience forgiveness and receive a fresh start in life and be reconnected um, with God. And I am eternally indebted the fact, for the fact that Silvana um, had the courage to share with me um, the gospel when it would have been quite easy for her to have perhaps um, just kept our relationship on a, on a friendship basis alone and, and, and that she uh, perhaps may have closeted her Christianity and, 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 and put it aside and just uh, we just connected on a, on a relationship, relational level without that spiritual component. But as I said, I wouldn't, certainly would not be here today and I certainly wouldn't be who I am today without um, Silvana's um, interaction with me. And so uh, this Friday, which is, turns out to be uh, my 31st anniversary as a Christian, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to tell her and express to her the sense of indebtedness that I feel towards her and to thank her for her courage in sharing, sharing her life and the gospel story with me. And I think that one of the things that we as Christians, um, I think we should as aspire to is, is helping searching people who are around us in their journey towards Jesus. To help them through our lives and through our message um, to at least give them the opportunity to either accept or reject the gospel message that we ourselves have uh, partaken of and, and seen its fruit in our lives. And so this morning, what I, want, what I, what I would like to do with us is um, share with us some things that I, that I hope might, be, might help us become a Silvana for someone else. Someone to whom others might feel um, a sense of indebtedness toward. I think it'd be great to think that our lives um, so make a difference for at least one other person at some point in our life's journey that, that they would have a sense of indebtedness towards us. Does that, am I communicating that okay? Is that making sense? Great. All right, so we found uh, Luke chapter 10. Uh, verse 1 through to 9. I'm actually reading from I'm not sure which version. Um, I, I think it might be the New Living Translation, and I've doctored it a little bit, but try and follow me if you can. 
So Luke 10, verses 1 through to 9, it says, The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places that he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. Now go, I am sending you out. Whenever you enter someone's home, first say, May God's peace be on this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. Don't move around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking what they provide. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve their pay. If you enter a town and it welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you. Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near you now. In these, um, in these verses, I think Jesus provides us with something of a blueprint of, of how our lives can make a difference in the lives of others. And the first thing I want us to pick up on is in verse 3. It says, where Jesus says, Now go, I am sending you out. Now go, I am sending you out. And the first point that I want to draw from, from this is that if we want to make a difference in, in people's lives, we first have to get involved in their life. If we want to make a difference in somebody else's life, then we actually have to get involved in other people's lives. You know, um, it's really important that, uh, as, as Christians, that we align ourselves, if we're able to, to a, a church community that we, we resonate with, a, a community of people that we can, can connect with and feel part of and, and share the ethos and the culture and the, and the vision and the direction of that community. In fact, uh, belonging to a, a, a faith community, actually a faith community of any sorts, whether it's Christian, um, Muslim, or Hindu, it's actually irrelevant. If you belong to a faith community, um, it delivers some really tremendous benefits. Uh, first of all, it, it, it will make you a healthier, a happier and healthier uh, individual, and it also um, increases your life expectancy. Isn't that good news? Just you being here this morning. We've done you a huge favor. Just think of how miserable you would have been. And uh, just think of how, um, how healthier you feel from being here this morning. And uh, we've just added years to your life, just your very presence here this morning. But as important as it is to belong to a church community, um, we really need to connect meaningfully with those who are outside a community, our community of faith. We need to keep in balance um, church and unchurched relationships. There needs to be a balance in our lives of, of relationships that are anchored in, uh, into, into this place, if you're part of this place. But also we need to be building bridges and connections with those outside of the Christian faith. Um, before I stepped into Silvana's world, before I stepped into her church, um, she stepped into my world. In retrospect, there were times where she probably stepped too far into my world. I think of the time that um, she was dancing on the bar as an example of where I think she stepped... (laughs) 
a little bit too far into my world. Nevertheless, the fact that she stepped into my world gave her permission to invite me to step into her world. And I quite liked, obviously, what I saw in her world. It was far more attractive than the world that I was living in. And so if we want to make a difference in in people's lives, we actually need to get involved in theirs. Secondly, if we want to make a difference in people's lives, um, we have to have something positive to say. In verse 5, Jesus said, Whenever you enter someone's home, first say. Whenever you enter into someone's home, first say. So the first words that should be coming out of our mouths as Christians, the first things that should come out of our mouth is this. May God's peace be on this house. If we're going to make a difference in, some, in people's lives, we've got to be people that have got something positive to say. Jesus says that the tone of our conversation should be um, peaceable. Um, we ought to be, as, as, as Christians, the most non-judgmental people on the planet because we've got good news to communicate. Essentially, our message is this. God loves you. God cares for you. God, God reaches out to you. You are forgiven. I remember um, one particular day in my relationship with Silvana. She came into work one day, and she's a very, fairly new Christian herself. And she said, Stephen, I've been thinking about you. So what have you been thinking, Silvana? She said, well, I reckon this. She says, I reckon, I think, that God loves people even like you. And I look back on that now, and I, I, we, I laugh and I smile. But can I tell you that as a young man in his late teens, that was like food to a starving man. That was, that was water to, a, to someone who was dying of thirst. To hear that God actually might love me was a radical, completely radical concept. Uh, the assumption that I operated from, my frame of reference and my understanding of God because of the sense of judgmentalism that I felt from the church was that God hated people like me. And to hear this message of peace, that actually God actually might love me, that God might want to befriend me, was a radical concept. And for many people who don't, have a connection with God whose only understanding of the church is some of the negative messages that they've perceived from the media in regards to the church, um, those, those things need to be dismantled and they need to hear a message of peace. There's a lovely story in Acts chapter 19 where Paul the apostle has gone into the city of Ephesus and Ephesus was quite a wild, wild place and um, um, the leader of the city of Ephesus, um, Paul had gone into, this, into the city and he'd caused a bit of a riot. He'd caused a stir. He was kind of this, had this personality and a gifting 
where he was just able to um, either have a revival or a riot, one of the two, and he polarised people. Um, But listen to what this non-Christian mayor had to say about Paul, the great apostle, who had gone into this really kind of um, city that was renowned for immorality and idolatry. He said, citizens of Ephesus, everyone knows that Ephesus is the official guardian of the temple of the great Artemis, whose image fell down to us from heaven. Since this is an undeniable fact, you should stay calm and not do anything rash. You have brought these men here, which is Paul and his companions. But this is, this is what this mayor had to say about Paul and his friends. They have stolen nothing from the temple and have not spoken out against our goddess. Now, the goddess of Artemis was a, um, uh, like a, the, the, the whole shrine temple worship was revolved around idolatrous practices revolving around sexual immorality. And I find it really interesting that Paul goes into this city and he doesn't talk about the immorality of the city or the idolatry of the city. He doesn't mention the, the negatives of that community. He hasn't been speaking out against the social or political issues that are taking place. Paul was more focused on what the good things that he had to say than on the negatives that were perhaps the focus of some elements of the church in today's society. Be known for what you are for which is Jesus, rather than that which you are against. Be known for having a reputation for somebody who first says peaceable things, positive things. I believe that as a church, uh, the church needs to have a prophetic voice and there is a role of the church in terms of speaking out against injustice and, um, and, and social issues. Absolutely, undeniably true. However, that needs needs to be framed within the context of also, first of all, having a reputation for people who also speak well, have got some good things to say. Thirdly, if we want to make a positive difference in people's lives, we actually need to build long-term relationships with them. In verse 7, I love this verse, it says, Jesus says, don't move around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking. Maybe that can become our church motto. (laughs) (laughs) It includes next Saturday. Yes, yeah, it does, yes. (laughs) Stay in one place, eating and drinking. What Jesus is saying is if you want to make a difference in people's lives, I'm sending you out. Now, when you go out, build some relationships. Build some long-term relationships with people. Share meals. Get to know them. Uh, be focused and deliberate with those with whom you connect with. If you want to make a difference in, with, in people's lives, don't just be, you know, I, I remember um, a, uh, I, I can say it, I think I'll say it anyway. Um, we had some folks, uh, some f- people that befriended us and um, we were kind of drawn into their friendship circle but after a while, it became quite obvious why we'd been drawn into their friendship circle. It was because 
they wanted to sell us a certain product. And when the whiteboard came out, (laughs) you kind of go, aha, so there has been an agenda. There's been an agenda here. And when we refused to sign up for the product, it's amazing how that relationship, that kind of some distance began to develop. May that never be true of the church. May that never be true of us. We build relationships with people whether they buy the product or not. We love people and we share meals and we do life with people. Not with a a hidden agenda to sell them Christ, but just for the sake of the fact that we enjoy being with them. Number four, if we want to make a difference in people's lives, meet their needs. In verse 9, Jesus says, heal the sick. And I think what he's talking about there is um, find out what people's needs or people's problems are and then administer an appropriate God solution to the problem. And I think healing can come to us in or be administered in a couple of different ways. One is obviously healing can be administered uh, supernaturally. There is a a dynamic of the spirit that is able to come in and intervene and powerfully uh, turn people's lives around. And some of us are wonderfully gifted and able to flow in, in that release of the dynamic of the spirit. Others of us, that's not necessarily our wiring. But we can also administer healing through service. And in Luke chapter, uh, Luke chapter 10, verses 30 to 37, the story of the Good Samaritan, which many of us will be familiar with, is a story of a man who just comes alongside a person who is hurt and who is broken and practically meets their needs until they are well and restored and back on their feet again. And so... Whether you're someone who can administer healing through the supernatural or whether you're more of a service kind of person, a hands-on, practical, God wants to use you to administer his healing touch into the lives of others so you can make a difference in their lives. And finally, if we want to make a difference in people's lives, then we need to tell them, about God's kingdom. In verse 9, Jesus said, As you heal them, say, The kingdom of God is near you now. The kingdom of God is near you now. And I just want to suggest there are a couple of things from that verse. First of all, about the nearness of God. I think what we need to be doing, if we're going to make a difference in people's lives in terms of communicating the love of God to them. We need to let people know that actually God is close to them, regardless of where they're at. We need to remind people of the nearness of God. That was the astounding thing that, that, that I think helped break my resistance to God was the fact that Silvana shared with me that no matter where I went, no matter what I did or who I did it with, that God remained close to me, that God remained near to me. 
That was a radically heart-melting concept to be introduced to. And then the other thing, element regarding this thing of the kingdom of God, in, in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, uh, it says that the time has come, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of God, there's many facets and aspects to the kingdom of God, but one of the elements, the key elements to the kingdom of God is it does involve the issue of leadership and governance. It it's, has an element, a strong element of who governs or who is the boss of our lives. And to proclaim and to speak about the kingdom of God is to raise the issue of who holds the reins to your life. Who, who is it that actually sits at the steering wheel of your life? Who is it that's providing the impetus and the, and, and the course for your life? I'm very, very grateful that in my relationship with Silvana, she actually challenged me on this issue. That she questioned my ability to adequately govern and steer my own life. And that she introduced me to the concept or the notion that my life would be better off being governed and led by God rather than myself. And she challenged me with this thought that um, I needed to change the direction and the course of my life because the way that I was heading wasn't helpful for myself and for those that I related to. And it would be beneficial for me to make some shifts and some changes. I'm really pleased that she challenged me and got me to think through the way that I was actually living and ultimately challenged me about governance and leadership and control and encouraged me to surrender that from myself and transfer that leadership over to God. I'm just pleased that she didn't do that at the very beginning. I'm very pleased that she kind of left that till the end. She did that within the context of these things. She got involved in my life. She stepped into my world. That she had some really positive things to say about God that genuinely surprised me. That she wasn't just building a relationship for the sake of it to sell me, a, to sell me Jesus, but we built a relationship that actually extends to this day, 31 years down the track. That she was focusing on helping to meet my needs, to answer my questions, deal with the, the obstacles that prevented me from connecting with God and some of the other issues that I, I was challenged with. And then, yes, she did, at the very end, encourage me to swap allegiance from myself and transfer that into the hands of God. And as a result of that, I find myself eternally indebted to her. And I'll sit down on Friday as I celebrate my 31st birthday 
in God's kingdom. And I'll let her know that, my God, where, where would I be today without you, Silvana? I'd love to think that there'd be some people in this world that would have a sense of indebtedness to me. And I think you know what I'm saying, not in an arrogant kind of way, but that they'd reflect on, on, on their life and say, you know, if it hadn't have been for Steve sharing his life and the story of Jesus, the message of the gospel, who would I be and where would I be without that? Without him having the courage to, the confidence to share that story with me. I'd love to think that there'll be a few people that would have that sense of indebtedness, not only, not toward, not only towards me, but also to each and every one of us in, the, in this room that name the name of Jesus. Amen.